But first, a little disclaimer. We are prefacing a lot of the appeal of this podcast on the fact that we're prosecutors. However, we need you to understand we are not doing this podcast in our professional capacity as prosecutors. We're doing this as people after hours on our own time with our own equipment. Now, we know a lot about the law by virtue of what we do, uh, but we're also just interested in true crime. So our opinions and commentary in this podcast are not the opinions of our office or our employer. They are not our professional opinions and nothing in this podcast should be construed as legal advice or anything other than three friends blowing off some steam together. So with that in mind, don't try this at home. You know what it is. This is Joe. And Cheryl. And I'm Ray. And this is No True Bill. Today on No True Bill, Ray talks teriyaki burgers. And in other news, the murder of Mackenzie Cowell. All right, we're hot. I'm nervous. Everything's fine. This is going to be uh, my first episode. I will try not to step all over myself, but I can make no promises. I mean, you participated in the first few episodes. You well, just... <laughs> I did, but I was color commentary, you know. Now I'm John Madden right now. Okay, I'm play-by-play in it, and whew, a little nervous. Ray, Ray gives not a single damn. He's over no. there texting text yeah, thumbs you, you know you you know puzzling on facebook what's <laughs> you know what's good what's good we go live on facebook <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> what up what up world oh goodness well <clears throat> i am excited about this because for several reasons uh this is a case one of the cases that made me want to do this podcast because mm, okay. i've heard about this case on the morbid podcast so i was listening to their podcast on this case and i was like i can do it better no no that's <laughs> no that's not it i mean that's not entirely it what it's partly it, it well it's partly <laughs> it because there is something and, and you'll you'll know when we get there um that puzzled them and i understand their their that they were puzzled and they had a little bit of anger about kind of what happened um but i thought we as prosecutors could maybe um Try to figure that out. See how we feel about it because it's the decision of a prosecutor that gets some heat. Mm, okay. All right. Um, but this is, the case that I'm talking about is the murder of Mackenzie Cowell. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's her name. Ringing, ringing zero bells. So yep. that's yeah. good. That's good. That's Oh, that, that's the other thing. I've not, uh, I've not talked about this case or the details of it to my cohorts here at all. Not at all. Yeah. They are completely in the dark. Kept it totally top secret. Mm-hmm. Need to know basis. And so by name dropping, that does nothing for either of you, correct? Yeah, no, 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 not a damn thing. All right. Not familiar. So mm, let us begin. Is she related to Simon? Not that I'm aware of. Mm. But it doesn't mean no. Look at you scoping my notes, girl. I was looking to see if you had her name written. Because did you say Cowell? Cowell. Okay. Because mm-hmm. when I when Ray said that, I was like, did he say Crowell or Cowell? Cowell. Like Cowell. Mackenzie Cowell. Okay. So um, first, let's talk about where. Where this thing goes down. And that is, I love the name of this town, Wenatchee. Wenatchee, Washington. Okay. This is a very small town in uh, in the state of Washington. And I uh, thought you'd appreciate this. Town is known for its apple orchards. Oh, interesting. Hey. What you know about that? Apple orchards very popular here. Yeah, parallels Indeed. to this region. Indeed. Although Northwest. it seems like a um, smaller, smaller town. I probably should have. Oh, that's the other thing, I guess, to go through what my sources were. Um, there were no books that I could find on this. Uh, a lot of news sources, uh, the Wenatchee World is a, a, I believe is what it's called, a newspaper source. Tried to stick up, uh, stay with that. But every podcast, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts on it, uh, but everybody cites a 48 hours episode as their main source of content. And I would have to agree after looking at what I could find online, um, that 48 hours jam, that that had the most stuff by far. Um, an episode of 48 hours an episode a singular so, episode so like 
40 couple minutes of content has captivated the country. Indeed. Hmm. All right. Indeed. I'm excited to hear about and it. And you'll see why. Um, I believe uh, I read somewhere that it was like the uh, number one watched uh, 48 hours episode for the season or something like that. Oh. It, was a, hmm. it was a big thing. So, uh, yeah, so we're in a small town in uh, the state of Washington. <clears throat> and so we're talking about the unfortunate murder of Mackenzie Cowell. So let's talk about Mackenzie. She was a cute little thing. Bunch of pictures of her. Uh, she was 17 years old. Uh, she was really into dance. And as her father <clears throat> and her uh, father's girlfriend described, girly stuff, uh, air quotes. You know, she liked the hair. She liked the makeup. She liked the girly, uh, girly, girly stuff. She, her high school dance team was called the Appalettes. Oh. Because apples. Okay. Isn't that just adorable? I thought so. Anyway. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it's, so we, we have the Appleman in this. We do. We yeah. do. So why not the Appleette? No, I, I'm just seeing, I'm drawing parallels to the community. Okay. Um, so her dad was prominent on the 48 hours uh, thing and his name was Reed Cowell and uh, felt for this guy. He seemed very much like a, a super dad. Seems like he had a great relationship with his daughter. Who did it? We, we are not there yet. <laughs> It's a slow build. It's what a crescendo. Yeah, I was going to say, when did this happen? Well, we're, right now we're in the who, but we're going to be talking about 2010. All right. Year oh, of our okay. Lord, 2010. So relatively okay. recent. Yeah, not I mean, right. comparatively. Yeah, sure. 12 years still. It makes me feel old. Um, so, but I thought this, I, I had to take a note of this because they were asking about the Appalettes and about how uh, how Mackenzie liked to dance. And the, the interviewer straight up asked dad, was she good? Was she a good dancer? And his response, she loved it. <laughs> no but her heart was in it i was she, gonna say as long I as just, she's having fun God i just it. died i was like wow yeah Dad's she liked like, it nah, she, she sucked I, I don't know how to tell you but <laughs> but she seemed to do well in school seemed to have friends um a, a bunch of sources said she was into uh like a little bit into modeling i don't know what small town modeling is that there's a, a series instagram of, that's this was pre that's this, small town modeling. That's true. Well, because the pictures that I saw that they had posted of her that looked, you know, modely, um, they look like really, really Gucci senior pictures. It was the vibe mm. I got. Well, okay. I was gonna say, Glam, yeah, glamour shots. Have, yeah, she can have professional photos taken no matter where she is. Mm -hmm. Also, I have virtually zero understanding of Washington State geography, but are we like, is this a Seattle suburb? We coastal? Like where we where we is it's in the state okay of right. washington and i know it's it's near the uh columbia river okay i believe is the river that is referenced uh the 48 hours episode had a really cool catch line like secrets of the river something oh. like that um so i i don't know I, i'm gonna does that mean the river is going to come into play i would hope so uh yes that is wow you're on top of this um and I, okay, I, I had to look at it just to get Ray's answer. Is, is it this, appears as though Wenatchee is uh, somewhere in the state of Washington. We don't have great Wi-Fi here in the murder room, so yeah. uh, it's in the middle of the base. Is it near George Washington, where Dave Matthews plays at the Gorge every year oh. in Washington State, also along the Columbia River? Oh, I mean, the river's got to go somewhere. I'll tell you. Okay, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at Wenatchee. It's in between Seattle and Spokane. Okay. So it is very centrally located. If I had to pick a town in the middle of the state, I might say it's Wenatchee. Okay. Um, yeah. A little bit east of Mount Rainier. So where, where are we? Modeling. Yes. Delightful. February 9th of 2010. That's ultimately going to be the day that we're going to talk about. So her day-to-day -day life, as it appears, is that she would uh, go to school. She was in high school, 17 years old, but she did the half-day technical mm -hmm. school thing. But for her half-day, she would leave school and go to the Academy of Hair Design. Nice. Okay, so like beautician school. Yeah, cosmetology. Right. Yeah, and she she's all, all I hear is that she's into that. Like, that's her big jam. And she is uh, like... Screw being at school all day. If I can do half day at school, half day learning this trade that I'm interested in, <clears throat> full send. So let's look at the 9th, the 9th of February in 2010. So here was the plan. She goes to school. It's a normal school day. Uh, 
Then she goes to the hair design spot. Hair design place closes at 1700, 5 p.m. After that, she's supposed to come home for supper with daddy, which is supposed to be teriyaki burgers. And that sounds delicious to me. And it's been mentioned in various things that they had a planned teriyaki burger dinner. And he night. knew something was up when she didn't come home for them burgers. Yeah. Well, you you are on this. It's like you've done it's like you've done this work before. Uh, <laughs> she loves teriyaki. You're setting burgers. it up. I am setting it up real good. So uh again, if I haven't mentioned already, dad really seems like a good dude, salt of the earth type, um, and just has mega dad vibes. Um, so it gets to be about 5.30 in the p.m. Dad goes, Where, where's old girl at, right? So he's starting to worry, starting to wonder, just, you know, a little bit. Um, starts texting, not getting anything back. Calls her at 5.40 p.m. And it goes straight to her voicemail. Mm. Um, so he's getting flustered. He, he describes going through kind of a range of emotions where he gets He's just pissed. He, like, what What are you doing? Where are you at? You're supposed to be here. And then confusion, fear, worry. It's teriyaki uh, burgers can't wait. Right. And I don't know what just, in, you know, all honesty, I don't know what happened to the teriyaki burgers. If he ate them, if he ate them without her, or if he just sat around worried, not able to eat. 48 hours dropping the ball. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a poignant <laughs> fact. Um, so uh, then 1940 hours, so 740 p.m. She is real, real late. Dad's phone rings, and it is a law enforcement officer on the other end of the phone. It's a deputy. Deputy says, sir, are you missing your car? And get ready for this, because this is just, this twist the knife. I had to put this direct quote in here. He goes, I am missing my car and the girl who drives it. Oh, oh, just kicked me right in the freaking gut. Uh, Well, they said, well, we found your car, but not the girl. It's, uh, and I love this, a Pitcher Canyon. And it's not picture. I looked it up. It's Pitcher, Pitcher Canyon. Approximately 40 miles from her home is where they find his red Pontiac that uh, his daughter uh, was driving. So inside the car. So uh, did they, I mean, had he called authorities at this point to even, they just were like, we found this abandoned car. Correct. Ran the registration or whatever. And it came back to you, homie. and. You know anything about this whip? Correct. Okay. And, and so this Man, is, that's, I, that's quick, I didn't know the jurisdiction. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I didn't know if it was a neighboring jurisdiction or if it's just gigantic counties. I don't know anything about the West. Um, but uh, apparently a guy, a homeowner, noticed that outside of his driveway, there was a car that was left there and abandoned. So he calls the law. The law checks it out. They run the plates, just like you said. They call dad, read Cowell, and give him this news. Um, so inside the car... They find Mackenzie's purse and some clothes, uh, notably missing items, debit card, and cell phone. Missing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Troubling. And so, uh, you know, from the jump, when they talk to law enforcement officers there, like this was this was a big deal. No, Nobody, a lot of times when you hear about these kind of cases and people are like, oh, well, they, maybe she ran away or maybe she this or that. Like from the jump, everybody was shook about this. And worried about this when, girl. I mean, when they found license or uh, when they found debit card and cell phone they missing. Did, yes. Uh, and obviously her missing. Yes. Were other of her personal effects in there, like her driver's license that would make them suspect foul play from the jump? Or are they just like the stuff that she would have had on her? We can't find it. Yeah. Well, no, they the one thing um, that dad and other family members said was the the purse. The, the fact that the purse was in the car, that was just a super mega red flag. Uh, just for who she was, type of girl that she was, ain't going to find her without that purse. Well, wherever she is, the purse is not. And that's why uh, that was part of the uh, uh, additional detail that just made him mm, gotcha. real upset. Yeah, <clears throat> that, that does seem troubling. So this uh, whole region goes on uh, the super duper search for this girl, right? <clears throat> red and, alert. Red alert. Um, uh, and... It, we know what that looks like. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we, small, small town that. missing girl and um, thing, things get wild. Uh, so four days later, dad gets a call from the FBI on the phone. Phone call from the FBI. Hmm. Says we found your girl dead. Ooh. 
phone call. Do better, feds. <laughs> Seattle field office is just like, hey, bud, how's your day? <laughs> Wanted to drop you a line and let you know. And let you know. Couldn't even go to the door. No. Damn. No. That's cold. Death man. notification by phone uh, mm. from the FBI. So what he was told is that she was found uh, floating in the Columbia River. Now, it was also kind of described as like on the banks of the Columbia River. And as best I could find from looking through, it appears as though she was in the water, but right up on the bank when she was found. And the first responding officers, they grabbed her out of the water and they put her on dry land. So they're, you know, they're like, hey, we know there might be a little bit of cross-contamination, but we didn't want old girl to float away. Um, so they got her onto the banks. Now, this was in an area called Crescent Bar. 48 miles from Wenatchee, from where old girl lived. How uh, far away from the car? That is the one thing that I, I, I couldn't figure out because they didn't give any specifics. Like they just gave like general areas and there's kind of overlap. Um, I wasn't able to really, I wanted to do that kind of triangulate where she was and, you know. Did they say anything? And this might be same same thing, but mm -hmm. did they say anything about how how close the car was located to this river? Right. Well, I mean, same, like, was it right on the? Oh, as just in, like just down the the hill. There's the water. Like, if or she had been thrown into the water from the, the car. Well, uh, I do believe it's miles removed from oh, the car. Okay. All right. Um, that they are in separate locations, and um, I will say the evidence indicates that she, where she was found, is where she was dumped. Hmm. So. Um, so despite the fact that she's floating in the water, she didn't float to that spot from somewhere else. From they think she was dumped there. Yes. Interesting. That, that's, um, yes. And I'll explain to you why. I was going to say, I have so many questions, but I know you're going to answer them. <laughs> I was like, I assume she's like entrapped <laughs> in some kind of debris, like a downed tree or something. Yeah. I don't know. So, so most of the, most of the descriptions were given with her on the bank, but I know in one, in one report that I was, or not report, but one article that I was reading, it was discussed it, dealing with the forensics, it was discussed that first people on scene had to pull her out of the water. So I don't know if all of her body was in the water or maybe just part of her was in the water, but with, I don't know, you know, if the water rose, they didn't want to lose her. I don't know. I know she was moved. Um, so the responding officers uh, were, this is a direct quote, struck by the brutality of the murder. Uh, Mackenzie had been strangled. There was blunt force trauma to her head, a severe laceration to her neck, which is sometimes referred to as a stab in the neck, uh, which appeared to cut the jugular, the jugular. <laughs> um, now here's where, here's another really interesting, uh, bizarre factoid with this post-mortem killer tried to cut her arm off and they determined that this was post-mortem and he done gave up and left this serrated knife plunged into her shoulder. So he had started to try to, to, to cut and it wasn't doing and just left it in there. So I guess was attempting to dismember and then yes. found For out it was too difficult. For a body water, they have a lot of evidence forensically. Mm -hmm. Which makes me wonder like how, how much of her body she was been in the water. In the water? Well, and I, and I don't know, and I, I don't have the benefit of, you know, crime scene photos to see where exactly she was or. Right. I mean, or, they, I know they're finding her four days later, but right. they don't, do they have an estimate for when she died? No, I never saw anywhere an estimate for whether they think she died the day she disappeared or if they think she died later. Because remember, her car was found the night she disappeared. Right. right. So she disappears. Um, her car is found that night. And then it's approximately four days later, I believe, uh, that they find the body. That's a lot of forensic evidence for a body left in a river. Indeed. Indeed. Well, and that's why I wonder how much of her was in the river or right. if it was just that. Or when she was introduced into the river at all. I mean, right. especially if you don't have time of death, maybe she got killed, you know, right before they found her in the water. Who knows? Yeah. I'm doubtful, but maybe. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, this town lost they mind. Well, I, I don't I blame can imagine. Yeah. Can I also ask? Did they talk about any evidence of sexual assault? <clears throat> yeah, true. Look at her. Look at she she hitting up questions I get to on page seven of these notes. Oh, mm. sorry. But from <laughs> all the injuries you described, I, it 
my mind just went immediately to well pretty pretty young girl yeah, who is right. is abducted you know she's taken she's taken at least you know 40 plus miles from where she is yeah uh surprise no no evidence of um of sexual assault on the girl hmm. which is an interesting wrinkle because i think we would we all had that same just assumption just assume yeah yeah you just assumed that that was the thing um but of course, when this is fresh and the body is first found, uh, this entire community just loses it. Um, you know, you, you hear a lot of those things. This doesn't happen in a town like this. This doesn't, you know, da da da. Which every town says when something happens, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> Newsflash: It happens everywhere. Yeah. Turns out, it happens everywhere. But um, in response to them losing their minds, they created a task force. Uh huh. They had the Mackenzie Cowell Task Force, multi-jurisdictional group of dudes and, and dudettes. They were going to get to the bottom of this. And so first things first, Task Force business. You know we got to talk to her boyfriend, right? Yes. That's oh, sure. 100%. That's number one. Um, my man's name. Talk to everybody. Well, indeed. But we talking to him and we looking yeah. at him funny. You know, <laughs> we're looking at him. We're giving him the side. We got to hit the, the usual suspects yeah, first. The usuals, right? So, so first things first. Romantic interests, indeed. Come on in for a conversation, Joaquin. Man's name is Joaquin. Now, he admits he realizes from the jump he is suspect number one. Uh, they give my man's a polygraph. He does. Pretty well on the polygraph, except for one question. Oh, no. Do you like teriyaki burgers? (laughs) 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 It's more for me if she's not there. (laughs) That's that's just the facts. (laughs) Burger math. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Learn it, love it, live it. (laughs) I'm an idiot. (laughs) The question. The question. Did you kill her? Do you know who killed Mackenzie? Do you know? Not only did he fail it, but as it was described, repeatedly failed this this question. Okay. Um, Interesting note that they brought up in, you know, everybody's got an agenda, but apparently they kept asking him, are you a gangster? He's not exactly like white. And they they felt like they were profiling him a little bit. Um, But... Why did they jump to gangster? I don't know. I just, I was appalled They got a lot of gangs in Wenatchee? Maybe they do. We'll discuss more later. Um, But here's the thing. They ain't got murderers, but they got gangs? Wenatchee's well known for its crip presence. Come (laughs) on now. Everybody knows. That's right. Crenshaw, Wenatchee, it's all the same. (laughs) (laughs) So- Low Crenshaw. Here, here's the, the disappointing part about not being able to have as much access as I would have liked to, you know, actual records and things and having to rely upon uh, media reports is, um, and, and this is from the mouth of, of law enforcement. They said, turns out my man Joaquin has an airtight alibi and is excluded as a suspect. Okay. No more details given. I'm just told by the law airtight mm. this could be a combination of witness and phone data because there is some phone data that mm, is not talked about a lot in 48 hours but it's talked about elsewhere my man trips out on who done it mm. but he has an alibi mm. indeed interesting well what do we, polygraphs right yeah, am not i right? Admissible. not am admissible. I right? he was probably shook i mean his girl got cut up um he knows he's the suspect going how in. long after this do they interview him he was it was it was early he was early on i mean it was pretty early in the investigation because hmm. suspect number one so, i was gonna say but people talk they do they do so, so suspect number one interviewed pretty promptly and mm-hmm. law enforcement rules him out as a perp correct and so he denies that he actually knows who did it right right right, right. Okay. and and he you know Henceforth, he is the grieving boyfriend, boyfriend who uh, lost his pretty lady. His um, appellate. Lost his appellate. Um, the apple of his eye, as it were. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I, just, hate, I hate myself. Just hitting it out of the park. So, you know, if it ain't boyfriend, we got to look at mom's boyfriend. Mm. We, you, you know, it's always mom's boyfriend. Um, so let's talk about enter Joey Fisher. Joey Fisher is mom's boyfriend and he and the victim 
They don't get along one bit. They have a very volatile relationship. In fact, the day before Mackenzie disappeared, they got in a pretty serious argument. So much so that as Mackenzie gets ready to storm away, I'm out this piece, she looks at her moms and says, it's him or me. I'm out and leaves. Mm. That was the last known contact she had with Joey Fisher. Perhaps the most damning evidence or, or mm, not damning the, uh, ooh, I don't know. I don't know how to describe this evidence, but it, you know, it just really, really inflamed me. Inflammatory evidence. There it is. That's what happens. Something that it inflames you. It's inflammatory. <laughs> is that the picture that they show to this dude? He's rocking a Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Rocking one of them. Looks like he never took it out the ear. Oh, I, so I was, I was like guilty. This guy did. It's mom's boyfriend, and he's got a Bluetooth, and she said it's him or me. This is the guy. Uh, officers, on the other hand. But <laughs> <laughs> you like to have all the evidence before you make any decisions. Uh, they do, apparently. I, they like to have all the evidence. <laughs> Dummies. They said, now, oh, now th- this irked me. Officers said, quote, there's no evidence to tie him to the murder. He is exonerated. That they're throwing around the word exonerated like they understand what it means. I don't think they do understand what it means. Hmm. And I, it certainly does not mean that there's no evidence to We don't no have evidence any evidence to, to point to him doesn't mean he didn't do it. Exactly. Just means it, we can't prove it as of yet. Which, it just bothered me. Um, I mean, leave him on the suspect list, though. 100% leave him on the suspect list. Mm. Now, two months into this thing, <clears throat> this task force is swinging away. They ain't got any answers. These task force dudes are out there finding all the people, asking all them questions. And in walks the next character, Liz Reed. And it is about to get weird. Liz brings the weird. Liz is a dope fiend, you see. Uh, Her drug of choice is Oxy. Uh, She is known to the police. She does drug addict stuff. And she occasionally is a snitch for the police involving dope. Um... Oh, saw a picture of her. She looks she, she looks like a criminal to me. <laughs> they, they cast the right actress for this role. Uh, <clears throat> she absolutely looks like she's a criminal. So she comes in to the to the task force guys and she says, guys and gals, and she says, I know what happened to that girl. I know who did it. And I know all this because I watched her in a snuff film, I watched her be murdered and it was filmed. What? So like eight millimeter. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good right? movie. Good movie, PS. Oh yeah, no. I haven't watched that in a while. So uh this <clears throat> is a, this is the bomb. So she take him to the website? <sighs> no website. No website. This uh, and so okay. She says, Sam Cuevas, I call him Sammy, moving forward, and Emmanuel Saros. AKA Buddha, and it fits. He he's got a Buddha vibe to him. She says these two dudes, uh, who are both you know kind of players in the game. I think Buddha's got a worse rap sheet than Sammy. Uh, according to Liz Reed, these two dudes abducted and killed old girl, and that it was a case of mistaken identity. They thought Mackenzie Cowell was a snitch. And Sammy allegedly said, quote, I choked that bitch to shut her up, end quote. And that after strangling her, they thought she was dead, but she wasn't. So they did it again and they filmed it and they showed it to this Liz Reed gal for some reason. I I believe on a phone or something. For what possible purpose? I cannot find or think of a reason. I mean, unless you're killing a snitch for someone else, and then you got to show right, proof that right. you killed the yeah, snitch. Show, right. the, show the homies you did the deed. Right. right. It, which would make sense, but does not make sense why you would show Old girl. dope fiend yeah. Liz Reed. Right. Yeah. Loose lip Liz. Yeah. Right. Loose lip Liz over here is not the person that you want to show. Who's diving everybody out to the cops all the time. Right. 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 Interesting thing. Liz was able to describe the murder weapon or that knife, that knife that was used to stab and then was left in the shoulder and with details that had not yet been released by the Mm, police. That's what what I was wondering was how many of these deeds she's, you know, revealing were were known to the public. So 
this shifts the investigation into high gear. Task force is like, we got, this is a big old lead. We're going to run this down. Um, now these guys are better than me because I would have just been sitting there going, Oh my God, like that's crazy. They were like, how about we try to corroborate this dope fiend? Yeah. Um, right. Let's try to find us some Buddha. So, well, the first, the big thing that they wanted to do. And Sammy. Look, we're told this video exists. We're going to find this video. So they are, uh, th their efforts to find the video are not described in detail. Um, but I'm assuming Buddha, Sammy, Liz, their phones, their computers, their all this other kind of stuff. They're getting search warrants, right? I mean, these guys are being thorough. They would have to. Right. They're getting search warrants and they're plugging through. Um, here's the thing. This search is coming up empty. They are not finding any evidence of the existence of the snuff film. And so they start to put the squeeze on old Liz. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, we're not finding, you're saying this, we're not, it's right. not checking out, girl. Uh, she buckles, retracts her entire story. Damn it, Liz. Back to square one. Thanks for nothing, Liz. There's got to be a way she knew about those extra details, though. Well, right. I will say at a later time, which will be discussed more thoroughly, uh, she said she felt threatened that she was going to get charged with the murder. So she recanted her story. I don't know if that's her saying they're like, you knew this detail, but we think that this story about about Sammy and Buddha is bullshit and the snuff film is bullshit. Maybe there's you just know yeah, because you in on you know. This. Yeah. And that I could see them flexing that flex. I can too. And there's then, a reason you have this information. Mm -hmm. So, but needless to say, this development, I mean, everybody gets, everybody's all, you know, psyched about this lead. And then it just deflates uh, with Liz Reed being Liz Reed. So at this point, they're about seven months deep in the investigation. And a letter arrives. The letter to investigators <clears throat> is from an inmate named Theo Keys. My man Theo had previously been a police informant as well, like uh, like Dirty Liz Reed. And um, it was also noted that he had some mental health issues uh, at times. When the letter was written, he was doing time for exposing himself to a barista, <laughs> which in, Wa in, in Washington State, that's... Whew, that might be a capital offense. They take their baristas very seriously up there. Yeah, you can't roll up into Starbucks in mm -hmm. Washington and whip it out. That's nope. not that's not cool. That's apparently what he did and why he was doing time. So uh, immediately, whatever he says in this letter has instant credibility. Um, <laughs> and because <laughs> he sounds like a right credible fellow, yeah, indeed, he's, he's a, a mentally ill Starbucks <laughs> spanker. So they're like, all right, yeah, this dude definitely knows what's up with this murder of this girl, and. Exactly. <laughs> you have to you have to listen to Theo. He's clearly a truth teller. And this is, uh, I mean, pretty close to verbatim, maybe a little paraphrase as to what the letter said. Uh, but pretty much y'all should be looking at my dude, Chris Wilson, for this murder. He's weird AF. He's into dead bodies and serial killers. And he worked in a funeral home. Also, he did this weird thing at a party once where he ran up on a girl and started choking her. It was really weird with love. Theo, that's kind of the gist of the letter, trying to point them at this individual named Chris Wilson. So police said, who is Chris Wilson? Let's have us a look at this weirdo. Indeed. Indeed. If he's hanging out with the Starbucks spanker. Gotta be weird. May maybe. Maybe we're onto something here. Um, I will tell you, Chris Wilson, my dude absolutely does look weird AF. He looks like... Um, Mm, the Lex Luthor from the, the most recent Superman movies. Eisen, Eisenberg, Jesse, something. Yeah, that sounds right. You know that guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like that, but creepier. A little bit thicker lips. <laughs> so weird. No, it just, the vibes on these people, like, I, you got to look them up, and they're all like, oh, wow. Every one of them is uh, just looking guilty to me. He has a Hannibal Lecter tattoo on his forearm. Um, and the police start looking into him. Uh, he goes to the Academy of Hair Design. Mm. Oh, hey. Where old girl go? Uh, oh, I put in here a, rem a reminder. This town is still losing their minds. They got billboards and shit. Uh, 
billboard. Oh, like for information, yeah, like get a reward. Find who did this to right. Did I ever tell you about when I went to college first time driving in to for moving day at college? And there's this big billboard. Who murdered our children? And it was the prom night massacre. And you know. anyway, so um, this town is all fired up still. But now we've got Chris Wilson. Now, before I, I'm going to talk more about Chris Wilson. Okay. But before I do, I think I think this would be a good time to talk about some of the evidence because we we talked about finding her body and what caused you know what the trauma was and such. But there's more that we have not yet discussed. Okay. Um, some of it involves that and some of it. Okay, here we go. Old girl leaves victim, leaves the hair spot at about three o'clock in the afternoon that day. Now, she was supposed to be there till five. She leaves at three. Before she leaves, she asks another girl there, and this is this is seemingly uncontested. Hey, do I have to sign out if I'm only going to be gone for 15 minutes? And the girl was like, nah, you good. Nobody inquired as to where she was going, but she very clearly implied that she was going to be 15 minutes or less. There's surveillance camera of her leaving the spot, get going out into her car um, and leaving. Uh, officers say that she once she gets in her car, she texts, hey, to Joaquin. Uh, he doesn't respond until hours later. I don't know, but they just say she gets in her car. She texts her boyfriend. She drives off to done, never to be seen again. Um, now, as far as other evidence on in the car, there is male DNA found on the steering wheel. Um, at the scene where the body is dumped, they find duct tape next to the body. Duct tape has victim's blood on the inside of the duct tape and two male DNA contributors. Hmm. There is male DNA under the victim's fingernail, and there are three different sets of male DNA on the murder weapon, on the knife. There's a cigarette butt in the area with female DNA on it. Liz. Yeah. Tony, Liz. So what I can piece together about the phone data, because again, the 48 hours was real light on phone stuff. But looking in other sources, her phone stopped transmitting, victim's phone, in the afternoon of, of the day she went missing. The last pings that they had, they were thinking were in could have been in this dock, like marina area on the river, but that were there in town, like near near to where she left. And they just they kept focusing on, well, maybe she maybe she was put in a boat you know, maybe or something like that because there's a marina there and that then she could have gone to these other places on the river. Someone else is still going to have to deal with the car, but maybe that's what happened. They don't know. But it's in, you know, you've seen the the ping stuff, the, the mm -hmm. triangulation stuff. You know, it doesn't give you an exact location, right? but it'll tell you a basic, basic area. Yeah. And that was the last place that her phone was doing anything. So let's let this cat out of the bag. Chris Wilson is the guy. Chris Wilson did this. He is the man that did this. Allegedly. So you're saying Starbucks Spanker was right. Gave some credible information. Yes. By diamond out that really creepy dude that he knew. Yeah. His, the really creepy dude homie. that he knew that was into dead bodies and stuff. The dude that worked at the at the funeral spot. Had uh, a Hannibal Lecter tattoo. Had a Hannibal Lecter tattoo. That's... Now, mind you, and I, I mean... I think we're all familiar at least a little bit with the the West Memphis Three and that, you know, you can have people who are prosecuted and persecuted because they're different and like, you know, and yeah, that they're not. Thing. That's a thing. That happens. That is not this. That is not. Everybody wants to make this out. Like yeah, my man. I don't really care about his Hannibal Lecter tattoo. Right. That movie was dope. Right. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Not just the first one either. But like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> the series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are. They're good films. Um. Everybody wants to make it like that, that they that they came after him because he was different. And he does look different. He's got like the long hair, which he didn't even cut prior to trial. Like, come on, bro. Like, yeah, you're, you're owning this right now. Um, but they, I mean, he was different. If he was in Seattle, it wouldn't have been a thing. But because he was in Wenatchee, he was singled out. No, he was singled out because his DNA was on that duct tape. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. 
So he went to school where she went to school and Indeed. his DNA is on the duct tape. That's that's pretty bad. Indeed. And and eventually, at one point, I'm going to hit you with all the evidence that they have against him. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to get it, but I ain't there yet. I'm going to talk about the investigation a little bit more. Okay. So they are, if you recall, they're about seven months in when they get the letter from from Theo uh, putting them on to Chris Wilson. So they start Back. looking at Chris Wilson. And they talk to Chris Wilson. And he goes, bruh, I know that girl. I, or I don't know that girl. I know of that girl. But I don't know that girl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, okay, okay, cool. Chris, where's your car at? Because we want to look at your car. And he's like, oh, I'd love to show you the car. I got rid of it in April. I uh, don't have it anymore. Sold it. It's gone. And they're like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Search warrant for your apartment, Chris. So they roll up into Chris's apartment <laughs> with oh, this search warrant. On, on what basis at that point? That he sold his car, Cheryl. Sold. You can't be selling cars. Well, okay, this is going to come later. But uh, old girl left at left the spot at three three o'clock. Got into her car at three o one. He went out another door seventy two seconds after her, and he never came back that day. <laughs> to the I was Academy wondering about that. Yeah. What, so, so did they ever? I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. But did they did they follow down? Are like, okay, you sold your car, great. Who you sell it to? No, and then there was no mention of uh of that so either they were not able to locate it which with the level of effort they've put into everything else i would find that pretty surprising right i would think that they found it and they couldn't find any evidence Mm. um uh but it it may not be particularly relevant either as we as we move on uh but they hit chris's apartment with this search warrant and in a back stairwell they find what appears to be blood that turns out it was from a painter who cut himself while he was painting in the hallway because they was in the wrong apartment. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. My man Chris had also moved out of the apartment that he had lived in at the mm, time of okay. the murder. Um, and uh, so they figured that out and they were like, oh, oh, cool. Well, where where, where did you live? And they <laughs> found that out and they got a search warrant for that place. Um, and we'll get to what they found in that search <laughs> my bad, warrant. My but, bad, my bad. <laughs> but when they, so when they did the search warrant, I believe of his current residence, <clears throat> They uh, they got some they got some things. They got a computer that had two videos and a photograph of interest. Um, the photograph is of a young lady named Tessa Skyleman. I wrote it phonetically, so I don't know how to actually spell it, but it's a doozy. Um, Tessa Skyleman, and let me tell you this: she looks like nothing but trouble. Absolutely nothing but trouble. Googled her, instantly bad vibes on this girl. Um, The photo that they found on his computer has never been released to the public, to to my knowledge. Um, They talk about it in everything and they talk about it in the documentary, never been released. She is lying on the carpet of his apartment that he was in at the time of the murder. She's lying on the carpet, and it is described that she is acting like a dead body. I don't know. She's always kind of clapped back that, I was real drunk, and I passed out in the middle of the floor. But investigators said, no, she's playing dead in the middle of the carpet. Um, And then they've got these two videos. And in the video, there was one that was filmed June 26th of 2020, and the other one was June 30th. And Wilson was going to be moving out of this You're apartment. You're talking 2010? Yeah. Did okay. I say 2020? You said 2020. I did not mean 2020. Thank you. 2010. June 26th and June 30th of 2010. So he was moving out of this apartment and uh, they had cleaned, they were doing a bunch of cleaning. He and Tessa, because Tessa is his friend, uh, on and off again lover okay. of Chris Wilson. Um, at this time, I believe they were just friends. So uh, in these two videos... The first video, the earlier video, there is a stain that is very, very visible on the floor of the carpet. That stain is ultimately where Tessa is lying, playing dead in the photograph that comes later. Anyway, um, so very, very visible stain in the first video. The second video from four days later, the stain is far less visible. It's even zoomed in on with the camera all the way in. And Tessa says, it looks good. It looks good considering, long pause, considering what happened. And then 
the video cuts out, but it's them walking around doing like a last, trying to get my security deposit back. And that's what they say. Oh, Chris says, man, that, that stain. Yeah, I had to scrub like hell to get that stain out because we knocked the bong over. Oh, nasty ass bong water. Just put a big old stain there. Survey says, wrong. That's the victim's blood in that stain in the middle of your living room of this girl that you don't know. So they, they went back to the old apartment. Mm -hmm. They took the carpet. Mm -hmm. They tested it, victim's blood. Yes. He's the guiltiest. Right. So yeah, they got that's not even remotely like. And he's got his girlfriend laying down in the spot where she died pretending to be dead because I guess it gets his rocks off or whatever. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, we're going to we're going to talk more about Tessa. Uh, but this is a good time because I'm getting you amped up on the evidence against Chris Wilson. Let's talk about all the evidence against Chris Wilson. So. He was at, like we said, he was at the Hair Academy on February 9th, 2010. He left 72 seconds after the victim out of a different door, which is why he wasn't seen originally, because he left out of a different door. Uh, but they had it on video, and he never returned. So the other thing, those that phone ping on the victim's phone before it got turned off, mm -hmm. guess what else is within the same bubble from that tower location? His, his phone. phone. His apartment. Oh, so, <laughs> so we only have a general vicinity with the triangle triangulation. Indeed. But that would encompass where old boy resided. Right. Law enforcement didn't know who he was or that he lived there when they were first looking at these pings. And they're thinking he's, she's at, maybe she went to the marina well, or they threw it in the river. And I, I, I assume, right. That like when they talked to old boy, this is one of those, I ain't, I mean, I, like you said, I mean, I knew her, I knew of Obviously her, I, I knew her. We went her. to the same school. Right. Like, right. but certainly the vibe he was given was she wasn't up in my apartment. Correct. But her blood is dog. But her blood is she there. Killed her. And you can see how, how much, uh, mo intenser that blood stain was before he, went on Mr. Clean on it to try to get that security deposit back. Um, so as I, as I mentioned earlier. Lesson to everyone out there who rents, put mm. a tarp down before you murder someone. Yeah. Girl, yeah. we are about to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to talk about all this. So have, have you not seen Dexter? Come on now. You two. The two of yous. I can't even. <laughs> Mind blown. Okay. Luminol's so, a thing. So uh, the duct tape found near the victim's body, right? Um, his DNA was on the inside of that duct tape. Although I put an asterisk here, there's a star here, uh, and we'll talk about why later when we talk about the fences. Um, now, you remember that letter from Theo, our man, yeah, uh, Starbucks, the, the Starbucks banker. He said something about- Thanks, Ray. No worries. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> Starbucks banker. <laughs> he said something about uh, Chris Wilson being really weird and choking some girl at a party. Uh -huh. Right. They tracked that down and confirmed that that was true. It was this really weird thing. He came up to pretty much like uh, isolated a girl at a party and almost half killed her. It was like really weird and nobody really knew why he did it. Um, the kind of thing. You and know, of you, course you that went unreported. Report. Yeah. Unreported. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Dummies. So now so. cutting against all this evidence, we should note Chris Wilson's mama said he couldn't have did it because he was dropping off cupcakes to her that evening. If that's the best alibi you have is your mama, mm, mm -hmm. I feel bad for you because I don't I don't believe anyone's mom. Nah. Yeah, they in the tank for you. Even yeah, if as they, they sound be. credible. I'm sorry. You gotta have someone else. Well, and I don't know how I've other states are. I've seen too many mothers blatantly lie for their children. For their and here yeah, in I West agree. Virginia. I agree. It is lawful and encouraged for you to lie for your. Right. Uh, yeah, you yeah. cannot be. You uh, cannot be prosecuted. prosecuted for an accessory after the fact if you are yeah. someone's mother. Yeah. Because family bonds are important here in this state. So. But you can be tried for perjury, false swearing, or obstructing. Yeah, that's good. That's true. Yes, that's true. Um, but you can help get rid of that evidence, though. Oh, you can, right? and they do. So stupid. So thanks, legislature. So that's that's kind of a lot of the evidence that that's floating around. They're feeling pretty good about Chris Wilson, but they have some burning questions. There's one small patch of blood on this carpet. Her jugular was yeeted, right? Right. Would have been a lot of blood. So where's all the blood? So a couple theories. One theory is maybe the strangulation and or head trauma occurred 
and and this actually wasn't a theory that they put out, but I'm putting it out because that's a possibility. She was she had strangulation marks. She had blunt force trauma to the head. You could have teed up with a baseball bat on her forehead, and she's not going to bleed as much as cutting the jugular. Maybe you do that later when she's still not dying or you know something terrible. Um, and then the body gets transported elsewhere, and the the, the jugular is cut. Um, the other possibility, the one that the state was pursuing as their theory was that the man loved the show Dexter. <laughs> loved <laughs> the show. Now, this is, this is not contested evidence. Like, you know what I mean? Like, none of his friends are like, oh, yeah, man, like, Dexter. he was weird, but he, like, he never loved that show. Like, no, no, everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, no, he loved the show Dexter. Well, I mean, Absolutely if he's a serial it. killer guy, of course he loved Dexter. Exactly. And so, of course, law enforcement, the theory goes... He knew how to keep this clean. That's Dexter's M.O., right? He's got the the, the plastic and everything, and, and uh, he can keep the evidence to a minimum. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So the other burning issue or burning question that they have is, if Wilson did this, he almost certainly needed an accomplice. Right. He's a punk, and he is not that much bigger than, uh, than our sweet little victim, and if he killed her in the apartment, how'd he get her out of the apartment? How'd he get her car to Pitcher Canyon and get her body over to the Crescent Bar area? Uh, the answer, I don't know if they thought this, but my answer is Tessa. Oh, yeah. Tessa is absolutely the accomplice. And they at least were feeling my vibe. Um, well, we'll get to that. Let's talk about Tessa again. Looks like nothing but trouble. Cheryl, well, you keep she giving me dirty looks. She knows what happened because they were talking about the blood on the video and she lay in where the girl probably lay. Mm -hmm. So yes. I have no doubt she was involved. There is plenty of phone traffic on the day of the murder. Again, if it's, if it's involving phones, 48 hours, just shove that under the rug. Hmm. They wanted the drama of, oh, they're picking on this guy because he's got a Hannibal Lecter tattoo and maybe he didn't really do it. Mm, no, all kinds of phone traffic, uh, text between uh, fifteen or three o'clock p.m. and three thirty p.m., which is three o'clock is when old girl right, that's walks when she out. out. Right. Well, Chris Wilson and Tessa they're texting each other during that half hour period, three to three thirty. Um, then the defendant calls Tessa five times between four and five p.m. and they talk on the phone for it was either five or nine minutes. I can't remember one of those times. After 5 p.m., there is a gap on Tessa's phone. None. She tries to call her boyfriend, other rando dude, who doesn't pick up, I want to say at like 6 or something like that. Um, but then at 9 p.m., 2100, she calls her current boyfriend and says, and I quote, something really bad has happened. Pray for me. End quote. Side note, old girl's an atheist. She ain't praying for nothing except murder. Right. Um, Where's her phone? They got they got triangulation on dude's phone. Where's her phone? When she made that call, Raymond, it's like he read my notes. I swear he didn't read them. <laughs> no, I did not. He no. didn't read them. He didn't read them. When she made that call to her boyfriend about something really bad has happened. She by the car. The town where the body was found, 48 miles away. She is in that town. Yeah. So there's also this weird thing about her car, and this is one of those um, about so Tessa's car. The current boyfriend, is that the same guy that she had? You said that she called someone and they didn't answer? Yeah. She called that boyfriend and he didn't answer at 6. She called him back at 9 p.m. He didn't okay. answer. And when he answered that time, that's when they got <clears> the ping <throat> on her phone in the, in the town where the body was found. Not to be dumb. Where was he? Where was... Boyfriend. boyfriend boyfriend i don't know they didn't say didn't talk about his locale but according to him she calls and says something really something bad, bad has happened. happened pray for, pray for me. me but if she's an atheist again i question that she would say that that's why he thought it was strange hmm. indeed so i'm more i'm i mean that's obviously pretty suspicious but that it's where it was right regardless of what she says yeah. she she yeah, her phone makes a there. call and she and there. i'm not saying that she's not guilty i'm just mm -hmm. saying 
we got more than one male DNA on this stuff. What we I'm do. Looking true, for, I'm looking true, for another, another dude. You got another dude. You guys are so ahead of this. Okay, so here's the thing about Tessa's car. Uh, or no, not Tessa's car. I'm sorry, but but cars in general. One of Chris Wilson's friends, a female, says that day he called her and asked to borrow her car, and she let him borrow her car from four to five fifteen p.m. Now this is later disputed by his defense lawyer, who says. There's video footage of the parking lot and her car never moved during that time. So, I don't know. It's a big question mark on the, did he borrow somebody else's car? But uh, either way, great segue. Chris Wilson is charged with the murder of Mackenzie Cowell. He's charged with second degree murder originally. Then it later gets bumped to first degree murder. Uh, Tessa is also charged a little bit later, uh, kind of charges an accomplice. When she is arrested... There is a blood stain in her car and there are black bags in her car, like trash bags that are consistent with apparently some bags that were found near the body site. Um, and she is also in possession of two letters, handwritten letters from Wilson, um, Chris Wilson at that time. Now, here's the weird thing. Never hear anything more about that. So that blood wasn't our girls. Hmm. Maybe the bags didn't match. And here's the thing. She is never indicted. Her case is quietly dismissed and she is never prosecuted for her role in this, in this murder at all. Hmm. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Give me that look. Yeah. I don't. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She at least clearly dumped that body with him. Clearly. Although, and she knew where the body was at the house, apparently. The, the female DNA on the cigarette, uh, not her. her. Okay. I'm just saying. It's a cigarette by a riverbank. It's, I don't give a shit about no, that. That's, that's, that's true. I agree. That's where. Um, okay. So, Scott Wilson's charged. Chris Wilson. Chris. Scott Wilson. Somebody else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somebody we used, used to know. <laughs> Somebody that we used. Anyway, uh, Chris Wilson has at first a public defender. Now, but this PD, apparently he won some kind of award as like best lawyer in Washington stuff. Like a, like a, seems like a really good lawyer. And it appears as though he did some work because I found in a source and I, again, couldn't get into the actual court records. Um, but it appears as though uh, that public defender dude got some things suppressed uh, pre-trial in this matter. Such as? Such as? And and so and I don't even understand how he did this because I think all of this comes in. His love of the show, Dexter. There's a pretrial ruling excluding evidence that he loved the show, Dexter. I could see a judge doing that. I mean, I guess that could be considered more prejudicial than probative if it's just that you love to show. Well, but if your theory of the case is that he set this up right. in a Dexter-like manner as an MO, knowledge and, and MO for that. I mean, that's a questionable ruling, but I, I understand a judge making it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't overturn that on appeal. I think mm. that's a discretion issue. Mm. Indiscretion. Um, his Hannibal Lecter tattoo. Um, that was okay. the fact of, and, and, and I'm more okay with that. That one, there's, you know, nothing about it puts the lotion on its skin here of, of, of Mr. Buffalo Bill or whatnot. Um, but the third one, the third event that was allegedly excluded, and I'm assuming that this is, you know, a 403, which we've talked about a little bit. Cheryl, Cheryl, you ready, you ready to pipe up on a 403? Give I mean, him, I give him the dirty. I just kind of said that. You did. You did. Yeah. But you want to put some meat on it? Sure. So rule 403 of the rules of evidence of... I assume that Washington's would be similar to ours because ours is similar to the feds. Uh, just will allow someone to get evidence excluded if it is more prejudicial than it is probative on a point. So like I just said, with regard to him watching Dexter, uh, he's a fan of Dexter. He watches this TV show. Does that mean that he killed this girl? No, of course not. Lots of people watch Dexter who aren't killers. Um, so... Are we, do we look at that evidence to see, or the state wants to talk about his love of the show, Dexter? Is that really probative? No. Mm. 
Is it prejudicial? I mean, Could potentially, be. depending on how much he love it. And, well, and depending on how much your jurors love the show. You know, like if yeah, we're on that jury, I'm not going to. state is harping on it. So yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's a, a judge's discretion decision as to whether or not this evidence is more probative than prejudicial or more prejudicial than probative. So that's rule 403. You can get something excluded if it's extremely prejudicial and it doesn't prove a lot. And yeah. That's there's other I mean there's other rationales too, right? Like cumulative, confusing things, but in this right. context, yes. Yeah. So, but the thing that always drives me insane is when people recite that rule, prosecutors, defense attorneys, judges, god damn it. It is substantially more, more prejudicial, prejudicial than probative. Mm -hmm. I hate when people are like, oh, well, it's prejudicial. Oh, yeah. Every piece of evidence the state has on a defendant is yes. prejudicial. As a judge who used to operate in the circuit used to say all the time, every piece of evidence is prejudicial or else the state wouldn't want to introduce <laughs> right. it. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. So, so, but wise yeah, no. words. Sub Very substantially wise. more prejudicial than probative. And like Cheryl and I said, in this case, I mean, that dude like to show... If I'm on the bench, I'm probably going to exclude it too. And I always think the example that I think in my head is like uh, autopsy photos, right? Like if, if generally, if it's not in question as to how somebody died, right. you know what I mean? Just you, gratuitous Right. Death. Are you just going to put like, hey, look at this guy with his face peeled off on a table. Yeah, the you autopsy. Know, <laughs> right. You can have testimony as to how uh, he died without showing and grossing out everybody. And yeah. it's, it can be really prejudicial. So if you don't know. Now you know Rule 403. Yep. Mm. Wow. <clears throat> Feels good every time. So the third thing that, uh, uh, third piece of evidence that appears to have been excluded is evidence involving the mannequin incident. Oh, please tell me what yeah. this is. <laughs> so I guess the state, the state tried to, or was maybe going to 404B that uh, some some mannequin in the defense attorney was like, mm -mm, nah, I'll file an emotion to get that shit struck. Yeah, my my note here says, go and go ahead, ask me about the mannequin incident. Uh, so round about Halloween uh, the previous year, which would have been I guess 09, um, the Academy of Hair Design had a Halloween competition where the students would do the her on the mannequins or whatever. And, and it was a, a competition for Halloween, crazy stuff, scary stuff, spooky stuff, whatever. Apparently my man, Chris Wilson, his, <laughs> his, uh, uh, contribution to this competition was that he took a razor blade and he cut the skin off the mannequin's face and pulled it down. Um, kind of like, as we described, like with a, with an autopsy, how you do where you, you know, they peel, peel the face down. He peeled his mannequin's face down, which by the way is totally DOP. I mean, he doesn't own that, right? Yeah, right. You don't own the mannequins. The school owns that dick. Um, I didn't realize that mannequins had skin. skin. That you, you've ever, you ever see, skull. you never, well, you never seen like at the beauty school spots like where it, it looks more like a real face because I think they do makeup stuff with it too uh -huh. and and it's it's like a it's more life exterior. yeah rubbery more life like and he peels this this mannequin's face off and freaked out everybody made everybody in the school uncomfortable uh, and uh, it was a thing it was a well known thing apparently at the school like I guess we got to tell them they can't cut the faces I, off the mannequin I mean I don't Again, know I don't think that's judge, particularly yeah. relevant either like, it relevant. seems like a lot of the state's evidence at least that got this dude is creepy yeah this dude fuck. is weird as shit <laughs> and so we just want to prejudice the jury and flame the passions of the jury but as far as actually proving that this dude murked this girl isn't all the blood and DNA evidence and yeah, the videos and stuff isn't yeah. that enough you know it, it could be but their, their whole thing and I, I I think know part of the theory his, was her blood is in my apartment, but damn it, did you see what he did to that mannequin? <laughs> right. Look, they could not figure out, and Ray's talked about this, they couldn't figure out a motive. They couldn't figure out, which which I know, I know, right? We don't need a motive. I agree. We don't need to prove a motive if we can prove that you killed this girl. But they wanted a motive, something fierce. The and motive the, was that he's a creepy motherfucker who watches Dexter yes. and loves Hannibal Lecter yes. and can't get enough serial killer stuff yes. and peels the faces off of mannequins. Yes. And, and he, is just generally disposed to morbid shit. Yes. And that he lured her to his apartment that he had the apartment ready with the plastic. She comes inside and he goes Dexter on her ass, kills her, 
and ditches the body and that this was just a murder for the sake of murder, which which I think unless you prove that this dude is super weird, that's a pretty hard motive to sell, right? Normally people kill people I'm for not reasons. to me. He didn't diddle her. There's no sex assault. Normally I'm, I'm just- I just, I, I hate that though. Like if I'm, you know, I've, the last murder I tried, I didn't try to spin some motive to the jury and go, here's why. I said, I don't know why, but I can tell you the evidence proves he did it. You know, like and he premeditated. I, right, like that. The, there's no doubt. Here's what happened. I don't know why, and I I know it's going to keep you up at night, jogging your your brain, going, well, why? What precipitated it? Whatever. But it doesn't matter. Sometimes people just, just do evil things. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I get the whole idea of trying to be like, oh well, he wanted to, he wanted to transform fantasy into reality, sort of thing. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, who gives a shit? He murked her, and. I mean, how he doesn't have any explanation for her blood in his apartment, correct? I'll tell you what his explanation is later. Oh, You're going to no. love it. Until next time, y'all stay out of trouble. Every freaking time. Every time. All right. We're going to mentally prepare. Gotta wait for it to go down to the little bounce. I don't know what I'm gonna say. I haven't made it up yet. Cowl. God damn it. <sighs> See, I can't even get her name right. You can't. Today on No True Bill. We're gonna be. Oh, golly. Yeah. <laughs> or Mackenzie Cowl. <laughs> Episode one of two. Engage. <laughs> <laughs>